0: Welcome to HXGN Radio. My name is Brian. And in today's podcast, we're going to be discussing how understanding project constraints and measuring production progress enhance performance and save costs for contractors. Joining me today is Matt Desmond, president of AgTech. And so Matt, I just want to say thank you for joining me. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. Great to be here. Yeah, of course. Well, I, let's get to know you a little bit. So tell us about yourself, what you do and uh, what you're nerding out on, uh, you know, personally. We'll, we'll start with the personal side first.
1: Okay. So my name Matt Desmond. On the personal side, um, what I'm nerding out on, I, uh, uh, my pastime is doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Oh, nice. So, Very so cool. I'm nerding okay. out on uh, trying not to get strangled or not get my arm broken. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of fun. That's cool. It's uh, like meditation for me, uh, which is a little bit different from normal meditation. But yeah. when I'm doing uh, Jiu Jitsu, if somebody's trying to strangle me or, or break my arm, I can only focus on one thing, exactly. and that's not work. <laughs>
0: I hear you on that. So, do you have the brain where there's just a thousand things going on at the same time? And you know, by being able to focus on that one thing, it's just that's what calms the brain for you. Is is that what you're kind of saying? Yes,
1: exactly. Okay. And there's nothing like a life and death that makes you focus on (laughs) what you need to do.
0: I'm in the same boat when it comes to that. You know, too many things. You know, I got ten songs running to my brain at the same time too, and I'm just like, why? I need something. I like this. I might have to consider Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I like that. I'm sure you're kind of enjoyable enjoyable regular meditation doesn't work for me either it's too quiet and that that's bad yeah (laughs) I love that all right Matt well so tell us about um, a little bit more about your role then with Hexagon and then you know how did you come into that role and what's your passion for the industry as well let's go into that
1: yeah so I've been in construction for all my life my uh, father was a carpenter and used to work a lot with him and then uh, all the way through to now I've been in construction or, or a construction related industry, let's sure, say. Sure, So I'm a trained surveyor, uh, went to university in Australia, hence my accent, my deep South accent. <laughs> um, and then after working for a while, I needed a holiday. So I went to the UK, I worked there for a year on one of the biggest construction projects in Europe. Uh, and that was about 20 years ago now. And I started using machine control there. And uh, uh, at the time it was quite cutting edge. Um, we were automating paving machines my visa ran out, and I needed another job, <laughs> so uh, I, I rang up Leica, one of the Hexagon companies, mm-hmm. um, to see if there was a another project nearby using the same technology. And and there wasn't. There wasn't actually that many projects in the world. So they asked me to come and work for them, developing the next generation as a user. Uh, so that was about seventeen years ago. Oh, nice. So then I went to Switzerland, worked in the machine control division for six years, developing the next generation of of technology for machine control and grade checking. Yeah, But my hometown drew me back. So I went to Brisbane to work in the mining group, developing technology for really big, bigger machines and bigger trucks and spent six years there looking after service delivery. So uh, teams all over the world, I got to travel the world with uh, some of my teams to look at how we could implement the technologies on lots of different mine sites in lots of different places around the world. And then I came back to construction. And uh, one of the Hexagon companies that was acquired was a company called AgTech. Um, And after the acquisition, I I came as part of a transition. Uh, And now I'm the president of AgTech. And I've been there for four years. And so I've lived in California for the last three years. And I travel now back and forward between Brisbane and California. Um, That's cool. So I had a great journey in Hexagon. It's been fantastic. Technology and construction is what I love to do besides Brazilian (laughs)
0: jiu-jitsu. That's great. Well, it's good. You know, I've got an actual passion for what you do and... Uh, and, the, and the fact that you've had so much diversity within your your field as well, which is really cool, too, because it just gives you much more experience and you traveled around the world. So, of course, you're able to interact with various people, you know, depending on where they're from, culture and everything, too. So it's probably given you quite a wealth of of experience.
1: Oh, it certainly has. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, while lots of people think that there's lots of differences in how <laughs> construction processes run and projects and, yeah. and things, problems are still the same sure. nearly everywhere in the world. And there sure. might be some small changes, but... Yeah, the the main challenge is uh, getting projects in the door and getting them done. Yeah, and safely. And safely. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: Right. Oh, that's great. So, well, we'll talk about some of the changes you've seen, though, over the last five years in the industry.
1: Yeah, so I think really there's been um, the last three years has probably been the, the biggest change with COVID and, and, and uh, all of the other issues that have gone on because of COVID. So we've seen some acceleration and adoption of some of the technology it's getting somewhat easier to use, getting a little bit more democratised, but there's still a long way to go in that that sort of ease of use. But the need for communication is really what's changed, and which was spurred on by by COVID. Um, not having all your people on site or having issues with getting labour, um, issues with having to social distance and do all of those sort of things have really allowed people to look at technology implementations in a little, little bit different way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably still two main ways that, that – customers are implementing their technology either through sort of transformational changes where they're looking at end to end of their whole whole process that their company goes through or more incremental where they look at one problem at a time. I'd say COVID has led to a little bit more transformational change where you look at the whole value chain. Um, But that's not to say that's the right way. Um, Solving a problem and starting to implement technology is the best thing you can do no matter how you do it. there's also been a lot of supply chain issues, especially more recently in getting equipment, getting materials for construction sites. Um, so that's led to a lot of delays, a lot of potential overruns if that hasn't been built in uh, up front into the project. Um, and uh, education um, mm-hmm. is a big, big deal. Yeah. Um, we're seeing uh, people be, I'd say, more educated about the general ability or the benefits of technology, but not really in how to apply it to their specific scenarios. But then also the increase in uh, digital platforms, social media, the way you can consume information has completely changed. So we try and push out uh, our our information across as many channels as we can to try and get our customers educated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, and speaking of customers too, like what I'm assuming you've seen some significant changes as far as their expectations. And of course, you know, just mentioning all the challenges you guys have dealt with in the last few years. What's going on with that? How are they coming across now?
1: So our focus is, well, the ag tech tagline is dirt simple solutions. So we really try and make yeah. things as easy to use as possible. And I think that there is a need to democratize the technology to make it useful for the generalist on site. Often technology is considered the realms of a specialist user. Like Mm. Lots of people that that adopt technology think they need a surveyor or a civil engineer or someone with a a university qualification to to run the technology, and that's simply not true. What we try and do is make the technology as easy to use as possible for a construction generalist rather than needing to have a specialist to run all of the technology. There's certainly places for specialists, and there's great – Uh, benefit in having specialists in your workforce, but uh, quite often it's more difficult to make an application easy to use than it is just to add another button or another workflow. So we really focus on keeping that workflow um, very much constrained to heavy construction. So uh, we optimize everything we do for our own industry. Don't try and be all things to all people um, to really focus on their needs. And at the the cornerstone of that is making everything dirt simple. Yeah, which is good.
0: I love that. I love that. How is Hexagon, you know, with AgTech, all of that? How is this all coming together? Well, let's go into this. Let's go into the the, the next stuff. Let's go into the future of the industry too. But I'm, I'm just kind of curious how you're working together to provide these solutions and then looking forward too. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah. So on the AgTech piece, we really develop software for getting work in the door and getting it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a continuum. You... Need to do a unit takeoff. You need to understand your lengths, area, counts, and volumes of all of the material and things you need to move on a construction site. But then you need to measure against that. Yeah. So once you've won the job, the process doesn't finish, and you can't hand. You, you need to hand that over to the to the crew that's actually going to execute that work. But if you don't know what the baseline is, you can't measure against it, and then you can't improve on your performance. True. True. Uh, so making sure that there's a continuum from winning work and getting it done productively. Um, is something that we're really focused on uh, to make sure that there's a feedback loop and that everyone's informed of what's going on and and what opportunities that there are to improve. And we're really tying that together with lots of other technologies from Hexagon. Um, So machine control, cloud technologies with Connex, being able to bring all of that data back to make sure that it's the the turnaround and feedback loops between something changing and then being notified of the change, good or bad, Is really what what we've been focused on uh, to create a whole ecosystem good but as part of that we really uh, focused on open architecture to make sure that our systems were working with the ecosystem that you already have Um, and it's up to us to create the best technology we can to keep you coming back to hexagon Um, yeah uh, i think that's uh what we try and do
0: good good what do you think is the next big thing coming in the industry
1: um, from a technology point of view, I think that there's a few things on the horizon. Um, certainly connectivity is a big sure, a big thing. It's trying to connect people with platforms with the right data. Um, so there's some enabling technologies that are helping with that, things like 5G, uh, certainly making um, data transfer easier and interface design, making sure that you can see and consume that information better is always, always evolving. Um, we're also seeing a lot of advancements in... Um, machine learning some people refer to it as artificial intelligence but it's more just machine learning having a look at very um, repetitive tasks so if you fly a drone um, you see some asphalt on on a road the the asphalt looks like asphalt Mm -hmm. no matter where you are in the world so you don't have to digitize the boundary to know that it's asphalt you can fly a drone and something can tell you that this block of material Asphalt. So, why don't we put the data to work and automate those processes through um, these machine learning uh, algorithms to make less repetitive work for the operator? Yeah, yeah. Trying to automate lots of those work steps. Now, that doesn't mean we remove the operator or remove a person, not reducing a job. We're allowing time for that person to think uh, and do a, a higher level job that adds more value to the organization. And that's, yeah. I think somewhat of a misconception sometimes sure. when we talk about automation. It's not necessarily about uh, taking jobs away, it's about focusing on more constructive activities. Sure. And one more area in that, that evolution would be around sustainability. So we're seeing mm-hmm. a, lot, mm-hmm. a lot more focus on sustainability. But the view of sustainability is really that by providing technology and helping construction companies be more profitable, and to be more profitable you need to complete jobs on time, uh, on uh, budget and on specification, the outcome is you com- you complete more sustainable projects. Mm-hmm. So you make more money if you're more sustainable. So you have less idle time on machines, you use less material. So you're not over digging, you're not moving dirt twice. You're putting the right amount of, of layers of certain material into place. So you're losing, using less expensive material. And yeah. the outcome is the asset lasts longer. So all of those add value to sustainability. So just Absolutely. by helping construction companies make more money, yeah. we save the planet. That's incredible. I love that. See, that's usually not, you know,
0: they're usually mutually exclusive. Well, people think they are. Yeah. But
1: I think there's a lot of money in, in making things faster, cheaper, yeah. and better.
0: Yeah, that's true. I love that. That's really neat. Now, Obviously, there are huge benefits for the customers. Do they need to prepare for anything as these changes are coming?
1: I think it's a journey which takes two. It's a technology provider, but there's also a customer that needs to put it into, into practice. Yeah, that's true. So a big part of it is the education of the customer, but also the education of the technology provider. In what should we develop next to to help the organization, the construction company, make more money? In turn, that will help a lot, a lot of other things, as I mentioned. A safety is another element I didn't talk about, but I think one thing to prepare for is that it's not technology is not a silver bullet it takes time to implement. It's like any other skill, yeah. like yeah. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you can't <laughs> exactly. turn up there, you're gonna get strangled. Yeah. Um, you have to <laughs> go away and train and and seek out the best. You have to seek out a coach, you have to seek out a technology provider who can educate you and take you on that journey. So choosing a, a technology provider that, that you trust is important, mm-hmm. um, That has a lot of experience, but can help you work through your issues uh, is important two-way discussion it's not a yeah here's a box it will work
0: yeah good point no i like that well and, and the journey is good and, and the implementation i know a lot of times you run into organiza- you know organizations companies who it takes too much time and well we'll get to it eventually you know you see that a lot you know that the change is hard for people because of the time that it takes or the learning curve and that kind of thing too and so you're right you do have to have them to say hey we can do this and so ideally making it as easy as possible for them that's the goal
1: yeah, so, so we say you obviously need to trust the organization you're working for. You need to have an immediate need. You need to have a project that we can help you with. If you don't have a project to put that application into place, you're probably trying to solve the wrong problem. So you true. need to identify an immediate uh, obstacle that we could, or technology overall yeah. could help with. That's true. Uh, and it has to be timely. You need to have some time to put it in place uh, to see the benefits and, and it's just not going to work by signing a, a cheque.
0: No, that's true. That's true. I know. when I feel like we do too many things, you know, where we, we implement too much at the same time. And then you go, well, hold on. Uh, one one thing. This, this one's a need. And we'll get to that later. And then you never get to it.
1: Yeah. yeah it's, it's one of
0: those things, too. So I love that. All right. So uh, now, Balma's coming up end of October. And, you know, if, you, if, if anyone missed Hexagon Live, you know, for 2022 back in, it was great to be back in person, you know. Um, so if you've missed that and you are looking to get
1: involved, tell us about Balma. Yeah, Balmer's uh, the largest construction fair in the world. Uh, it happens every three years in Munich, Germany. If you've never been, it's a fantastic event to go to. Uh, the size and scale is unprecedented. It's, it's really a sight to behold. And you'll see a lot of fantastic hexagon technology there uh, that aids in the construction process. So by all means, make an effort to get to, to Germany. Um, if we can have a beer, uh, come and meet <laughs> me there. Uh, I'll, I'll be there. But if you can't get there, there's lots of other ways to, to see it. I wouldn't say wait to to implement technology or wait to see a at Bauma. Come pick up the phone or log online and look up uh, our website. You'll be able to find out a ton of information. Uh, and for those in North America, uh, it might be a bit harder to get to Germany. Uh, Con Expo is only going to be six months after that. So one of the other lar- really, really large construction fairs is ConExpo. Expo. Uh, that will be happening in... Uh, spring of 2023 so you only got to wait six months more and you can come and see us there as well Uh, but lots of opportunities Uh, i'd say don't wait yeah agreed and try and think about the problem that you need to have solved and then come and talk to hexagon and we can help you with lots of different problems on your construction site. we will have a technology somewhere no doubt that can uh, solve a problem that you have
0: Definitely. Well, and I appreciate that you are offering these solutions and you're trying to get people to solve them as quickly as possible because it needs to be done that way. So thank you, Matt. I really appreciate you sharing all this and thank you for taking the time today and and joining me. No problem. Great to be here. All right. Matt Desmond, president of AgTech. Thank you so much for joining us here on HXGN Radio. For more information and also to listen to additional HXGN radio episodes, head over to iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. And of course, please head on over to hxgnspotlight.com for more information and more stories from Hexagon. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.